KNCI HD3, Sacramento. This is Sports 1140, KHDK. We do sports. Friday night is football night. Big hits. Great plays. School spirit. All of that is on display and more all around Northern California. It's It's time time for the the Friday Friday Night Football Football Show. Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles D. Hamilton. Another Friday night. Week 10. Can you believe it? Week 10 of the high school football season already. Second to last week before the end of regular season action, but then we got playoffs to uh, to focus on, so don't you worry about that. This is Friday Night Football. This is your hub for Sacramento High School football coverage all season long. If you're looking for a place to go that will give you scores, updates, storylines, in-depth interviews, this is the place for you. And the high school football is so good in the Sacramento region, you just have to pay attention to it any given night. My name is Matt George. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, Charles T. Hamilton, who's got one eye right now on this this show and one eye on this Golden State Warriors battle that's happening right now, a one-point game between the Warriors and the Utah Jazz. Never. With football back, or football towards the end and now basketball back, and then high school basketball is going to be starting up soon too, Chuck. Uh, this is just the greatest time of the year for sports, not just professionally, uh, but high school sports in general. As we reach the playoff implications time for high school football, with basketball just about to tip off too, uh, this is one of those excellent times to be a, a high school sports fan. It really is, and you you mentioned high school football, which obviously we're big fans of because you know we wouldn't be doing this show if we're not. The atmosphere that goes with high school football, obviously incredible, but at the same time with basketball starting up soon, man, that atmosphere inside those gyms, when it comes to game night, dude, it's, I wouldn't say second best. They're they're one A and one B. Yeah, like two of the best times of the year for high school sports, no question. Well, we have another week of great high school football action for you. A lot of games still wrapping up and going final as we speak. We have a full two hour show for you, which we're excited about. Ten o'clock to midnight, right here on KHDK, and we got a lot for you here. Uh, Joe Davidson, the sac from the Sacramento Bee, is going to be joining us around ten thirty. Of course, Placer Radio's Dave Rosenthal will be joining us here as Placer beat Ponderosa today. Really smacked him down. It wasn't even close. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in just a little bit. Also with him, uh, 10-10 is when he's expected to be joining us, so in about eight minutes. And then a treat in yes. studio, yes. Mark Billingsley, also from the Sacramento Bee, Joe Davidson's best friend and partner in crime t- uh, covering high school football in this area. He's going to be coming in studio and going to be with us for the entire show, which will be awesome. He's on his way back from, I can't remember where he was at tonight, but he'll share it all with us. So we're excited to have Mark Joining us, we also have to share with you uh, everything from our Stockton Honda Game of the Week this week, which was Dixon at Casa Roble. Uh, we have the Stockton Honda Game of the Week vote up now for next week, which we'll go over. Charles D. Hamilton has to give away his patented California Family Fitness Player of the Week. That's right. A lot to get to here on Friday Night Football. Can I just, real quick? Yeah. You said Mark Billingsley is uh, Joe Davidson's best friend? Yeah. I don't know, I'm a little hurt, but... Oh, okay. Fine. All right, well, we'll work I'll talk, that out. Well, I'll talk to Joe about it. We'll work that yeah, out. Yeah, no. That's... We'll hash that out on the air. Whatever. And, you know, it's it's never never too early or too late to do some therapy. Yeah, so yeah, we'll for sure. we'll work on it. I'm with you. Uh, I know I'm like third best friend, so I'm all right. Yeah, you... I'm all right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're good where you're I, at, man. I carry the clubs yeah. when we go golfing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> 
Uh, but this is Friday Night Football presented to you by Wingstop. Thanks to Wingstop for sponsoring this all season long. And thanks to everybody who, who listens. If you want to be a part of this show, if you are at any of these great games tonight and want to share with us not just the final score, uh, but your thoughts and feelings from this game, highlights that we may have missed, you can text us 441140 or call us at the, uh, the Firewings hotline. Uh, 916-339-1140. But without any further ado, uh, Charles, let's go through uh, this scoreboard here and share with you some of the finals that we've already gotten from another excellent night of high school football. And we'll start with an early game, Millennium taking on Sierra Ridge Academy at Sierra Ridge. Millennium getting the job done. They win this one early on, 28-16. Vintage at home taking on Sonoma Valley. Had a vintage performance. Hey. <laughs> they got the W, 56-6. Another rough night for the excellence of execution. Oof. Bret Hart falling at home to Argonaut. The final score on that one, 35-3. Manteca taking on Sierra Manteca at home. They put up the 50-burger on the dot. Get the W 50-7. to Pittman taking on Downey at Downey. A close game between both these teams. Came down to four points, but Pittman got the win. 37-33 the final. Woodland at home taking on Mesa Verde. Mesa Verde does not score. <laughs> Woodland puts up 48. Woodland with the W 48 nothing. Folsom won again. Surprise, surprise. This time they do it at Grant. Putting up 53 points, holding that Grant offense to just seven. The Bulldogs looking good, 53-7 the final. Placer at home, and we're going to have plenty more on this game, taking on Ponderosa. Placer gets the W, 56-13. How about this game? Came down to one point, was close all night long. Granite Bay Grizzlies at Oak Ridge Trojans. Granite Bay sneaks out of there with a win, 25-24 the final. We'll definitely talk about that one a little later, too, because that must have been the game of the night. Nevada Union at home taking on Lincoln. Nevada Union puts up 44. Lincoln only musters 24. Nevada Union with the W. Central Catholic puts up 70 points on Kimball. 70-19 the final. Central Catholic gets another one in the win column. WSCA taking on Valley Christian. WSCA gets the W against VC, 42-21. to A lot of letters in there. Another high-scoring game, except just for one team this mm-hmm. time. Merced puts up 60 points. Atwater can only muster 19 at home. Merced, another victory. Pacheco at home taking on Bayer. Pacheco gets the win, 56 56- to 23. The wife is happy as she is a East Union alumni tonight. East Union heads to Weston Ranch and puts up 48 points. The final 48-12 East Union gets their third win of the season. Shout out Mrs. George. Brookside Christian at home taking on Big Valley Christian. The Battle of the Christians. Brookside gets the win 42-18. High scoring affair in this one. Highlands puts up 59 points. Vacaville Christian can only muster 34. 59-34 the final. Highland or Highlands gets the win at home. Calaveras at home taking on Sonora. Sonora comes in and gets the W 21 to 7. Intercom, man, they are just so freaking Powerhouse. good. They stay undefeated. Another shutout. This time on the road at Yuba City. 49 nothing. Delhi taking on Oristimba. Delhi at home. Oristimba with the W 38 to 7. Another blowout. Another shutout. 49 nothing for St. Mary's as they beat Tokay at Tokay. 
Burbank at home taking on McClatchy. Burbank puts up 5-5. Five, five. McClatchy puts up zilch. The Wood Creek Timberwolves. My Wood Creek Timberwolves at home against River Valley put up 35 points. They beat River Valley 35-27. Wood Creek keeps on rolling. Consumed as Oaks at home taking on Elk Grove. Elk Grove comes in, gets the W by 10 points, 27-17. How about this one from Tracy against Lodi. Tracy at home gets the job done, 41-12. Davis at home taking on Franklin Davis with the W27. Zilch. A lot of these blowouts with shutouts, and Monterey Trail does just that at Laguna Creek. They put up 62 points, hold Laguna Creek to nothing. Bradshaw Christian at home taking on El Dorado. Bradshaw Christian with the 34-13 W. And finally, Rippin at home, they just keep on winning. They defeat Houston 56-15. to That is a look Woo. at your scoreboard. Obviously not the full scoreboard. A lot of finals that we're still getting that we're trying to get uh, here slowly but surely. If you want to... Uh, to if you see that we don't have a final yet of a game that has gone final that you were at or you know the final score of, please do us a favor and text in 441140. That helps us out a lot. You can go to khdk.com right now and any time during the week to check out our full scoreboard. We uh, update everything and have all the final scores there uh, every single time, every single week for you. So be sure to check that one out. Uh, one of the games that we mentioned that win uh, final that we're going to be talking about in more detail is Placer and Ponderosa. Placer just continues to win. They are still on undefeated uh, and part of their radio broadcast team one of their two fantastic radio broadcasters uh, for k-high uh, dave rosenthal is going to be joining us here in a couple seconds charles is on the phone with him right now uh, to tune in so a lot that we're going to look forward to chatting with him as part of our jam-packed two hours here a lot of guests for you uh, we'll also talk about our stockton honda game of the week dixon at casa roble uh, we have the vote up right now on khdk.com uh, for our five stockton honda game of the week games for next week, so you can be sure to uh, to tune in to hear which ones you can go vote on. You can actually go to KHDK.com, find out for yourself right now, and vote on them right now uh, if you really want to. And then, of course, we have the California Family Fitness Player of the Week. If you miss any shows, you can also go into KHDK.com right now. Uh, find the Friday Night Football Show, and we have every single show from week one all the way up to now. It's up there, so you uh, have literally no excuse of falling behind and, and missing out on all the information from this week. Enough of me blabbing. It's time to get a good friend of mine, Dave Rosenthal, actually a former radio partner of mine, funny enough, as he and I used to do a William Jessup University basketball together. Dave uh, does an a- excellent job with his partner, Casey, who unfortunately is not able to join us tonight uh but rosie is going to be joining us here right now on friday night football talking about another fantastic placer win right up roseman hey hey hey, maddie i tell you what those uh, hillman did it again 56 13 tonight taking care of business against ponderosa oddly enough we we heard some yapping in the background that pondo said they were going to come out onside and drop 50 on us the burger went the other way in that 56 to 13 final and, and again, you know, does the Placer Hillman just continue to roll another running clock in the fourth quarter? And we always say linemen win games, and that's what happens here. You got Kyle Christensen, the big center in the middle. You got the bookends, Joey Capra on one side, and you got Blake Bachman on the other side. Those guys are already accepted Division One offers. Then you throw Austin Mater, the guy with tree trunks for legs in, at a guard, and then on the other side, Colton McElroy, who got his first ever touchdown a week ago against Oakmont on a strip by Chandler Dakin. And then Colton picked it up and rambled. And uh, you know how the big guys get when they get down the field rolled it into the end zone for his first ever touchdown and that was a week ago and they just continue to play that way this week 
Two backs over 100 yards, uh, Hans Grossman, who we talked about before, the big 6'3", 225-pound, 16-year-old uh, junior, ran nine times for 127 and a couple touchdowns. Brad Bishop, who plays both ways, is a great linebacker, seven for 110 and two touchdowns. And our player of the game, Jesse Wiggum, stepping in for Marshall Chapman, who took the week off and nicked up a little bit. So Marshall sat. But Jesse, first two touches, 33 and a touchdown, 10 and a touchdown. Wow. Finished five carries, 73 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. And the Hillman just continued to roll. It's, it's been one of those kind of seasons, and you keep waiting. Is somebody going to burst the bubble? Is somebody going to wake up and knock these guys off? And I think next week is going to be the biggest test as we head to Lincoln to take on Tommy Taylor in that prolific offense in Zebraville hmm. for the inaugural Foothill Valley League Championship. Dave, you might be my favorite guest after that. I, look, I'm a former lineman. Always ask about the lineman. You came out the gates with them. We used to run a wing tee. I got a special place in my heart for any team that runs a wing tee. How long have you guys been running that offense there? Yeah, up at Placer since Joey Montoya came over, I'm going to say it's 10, 11 years now. Love he it. Filled it. Started running it from the junior program up. So by the time these kids get up to the freshman junior varsity level, they've probably got, you know, a good five, six, seven years running this offense. And the other thing that really makes it go, and you know this, if you've got a quarterback that's good at faking and is good at knowing where the ball's supposed to go, then you can really make it work. And Mike Stuck's a three-year starter, took us to a section championship as a sophomore, took us to another one as a junior uh, and then, la- or say, as a sophomore and a junior, last year we took us all the way to the state championship. We lose to Crenshaw by three at their house, and he comes back for his senior year and does nothing but just lead the team. He only had to throw a ball three times tonight, but he went three of three for 73 yards and a couple of those set-up touchdowns. Dave, can you talk about the depth of this team? I mean, you just read to us so many amazing numbers from just this night, uh, but this team top to bottom always seems to be prepared. And even when guys go down with injury and the next man up mentality comes into play, it seems like this team almost is at the same pace, if not better at times. What is it about this Hillman depth and this, uh, this coaching staff that's able to develop these guys top to bottom so that when they do get playing time, they're not only ready to come in and play, they're ready to come in and dominate. I think it's a couple things, Matt. Uh, one of them is they've really embraced the off season and really worked in the weight room. I think we mentioned last time we were on Marshall Chapman last year, 165 pounds, came back this year, 185, solid wow. and as quick as ever. Uh, yeah, so they hit the weight room hard. They do it all the time. They've kind of taken a page from the great De La Salle program and said, hey, this is how you win games. You've got to be in better shape than everybody else. And you've got to be in better shape for all four quarters. The interesting thing here is because that the Hillmen have had so many blowout wins, guys are getting to play that normally wouldn't. You're seeing second and third team guys come in and play significant minutes in the second half against the other team's first team. That's the really strange thing. So you're, you're blowing a team out. You think the other team would like to get their seconds and thirds some reps, but they'll leave their one team in against our twos, threes, and sometimes even fours. So when you're getting up big leads and you're getting running clocks in the fourth quarter, a lot of guys get to play. So that does a couple of things. It makes sure that the guys that are coming in know what their assignments are. They know how to execute. They feel like they're part of the team. And as you mentioned, it just goes to that depth. When you've got a bunch of juniors on the roster on a senior-heavy team, again, we lost to only four guys from a year ago. 17 of our 22 state finalists returned this year, but we brought up a great crop of sophomores who stepped right in, bought into the program, have been playing in the program for quite some time, and are coming in and, as you said, executing as well as the first team when they get their chance. And uh, you just take a look at tonight's stats. Jesse Jordan comes in. He's a junior. He 
touches the ball, what, uh, six, seven times, but runs for 50 yards. Uh, he had another kid, Drew Vincent, another junior on the team, only had three touches, but one of those was a 26-yard touchdown. So it doesn't matter if it's A team, B team, C team coming in. I think the reps really get at, get these guys in shape to get two wins in the football games. And that next man up mentality, you don't really worry when the guy comes in. You say, well, is he going to be able to do it? Well, he's been playing a half of football most of the entire season. Of course, he's going to be able to do it. And Coach Montoya and Coach Rodardi, the defensive coach, really buy into this. You come, you play hard at practice. If there's an opportunity to get you into the game, you will get your playing time. Can you take us through the recent history of this team a little bit? In your opinion, is this the sharpest and best that you've seen this team, or is this just another year par for the course for a Hillman program that always seems to be uh, just at the top of their game? Well, again, it goes back to when Joey came in and switched him over to the wing tee and started building that program up. I'd say the last four years have been really good. Four years ago, we thought we had a pretty good team, but then we ran into a buzzsaw down at Central Catholic uh, you know, hadn't lost the game until we got there, and they got the running clock on us. Uh, Manteca took us out in a final, what, two years ago, and again last year went down to Salinas, and we're down 27-7 to down there, came back and won that game in overtime when they missed their PIT or PAT on their – they didn't convert. So we move on and then go down to Crenshaw, and that's a game that came down to they converted on a fourth and long, went in to punch it in, but left us with maybe a minute 50 on the clock. If we had another 30 seconds, we might have come back and won that game too. So I'd say, you know, in the last four years, it's just been a continued progression of really, really good football players. But again, it's the line that wins it, and this Capra family has been contributing to that. And you know the name Eddie Vanderdose. He was there for a few of those seasons as well. And so when, you, when you've got a system, and that's really what it is, a system within a program, and you execute the way that the Hillmen do, it makes for a very entertaining Friday night. And we always say high school football is the best entertainment value in the whole northern of California. Where else can you go and pay five, six, seven bucks to get in and watch some excellent entertainment and go home with a smile on your face? Dave, as I mentioned, I love the wing tee. And you said they threw three passes tonight, I think, for three touchdowns. Uh, just for my own curiosity how many passes do you think they've thrown on the season yeah uh, if i had my stat sheet here i could tell you i don't think the, that mike's thrown the ball maybe 70 times all season oh, i love it this isn't really happy but he's got a qbr rating of uh, over 100 yeah and he hits for 60 plus percent now those three passes were all caught tonight not a, none of them went for touchdowns okay. it was a five yarder a 58 yarder and a 10 yarder but they all set up touchdown drives and again when plaster comes out a year ago they were slow starters they maybe didn't score on the first or second drive. Tonight, they scored on every drive in the first half, not to mention when they, when they win the flip, they defer. They love to get the ball last in the first half and first in the third quarter, and that's usually all you'll see of the starters, and that's what happened tonight as they ran out to a big lead and then got the ball back with a, under a couple minutes to go at the half, went down and scored again, and got the ball and marched down the field in the start of the third quarter, and that was it. The game was over at that point. Help me out, Dave. So I'm, I'm thinking about this from a, a scouting perspective. I'm thinking of a quarterback that only throws, what did you say, 60-something times uh, on yeah. on a season. He successfully is able to w- uh, run a wing tee offense, which is extremely an extremely difficult offense. Uh, so you have you give him the, uh, the feather in his cap from that standpoint. But do you think it hurts quarterback recruiting to run this type of offense, or it, does it just show that how effective an athletic quarterback can still be in football? 
It, it depends on where you're going to go. You know, most of the programs, even at the high school level now, are running either a pistol or a spread. And so when you see a guy that's up under center and he has to make decisions, keeping his head up, watching where the linemen are coming on the defensive side, which guy is he faking the ball to? Who's going to get the ball? Is it going to be the inside trap? Is it going to be a reverse? And Mike's really good at it. We laugh. We say, you could put a blindfold on this kid at this point, and he would make the correct read without even being able to see. And then, you know, when you load the box, which teams have tried to do to stop the wing tee, they bring, you know, five, six, seven guys up. All it takes is one play fake. You've got a good receiver like we do with, uh, with our Cyrus uh, O'Neal, and he's a fast kid. So the first play fake that goes down, Mikey puts the ball on his hip, takes a six, six step drop, and then heaves the ball down the field, and Cyrus will be wide open. It's either he or Lewis Fudge, the tight end, and, and it's worked time and time again. Sometimes they'll come right out of the box with that play, knowing that teams are gearing up to stop Chapman, Grossman, and Bishop, and in tonight's case, Jesse Wiggum. So, you know, for Mike, he's got an offer to go D3. I think he's got one under his belt, but they understand he's a team leader. He's uh, fundamentally sound. He's really worked on his footwork and throwing the ball. So when he makes the throws, and he has to make the throws, he'll connect 60 70% of the time. And it's, it's a, a wonderful problem to have for the placer coaches. Uh, Dave, I, I know I'm nerding out about the wing tee here. How is, how is he as a blocker? How, how's the quarterback as a blocker? He does come out of the backfield occasionally, and he'll, yeah. he'll hit some people. But as you know, in the wing team, it's not necessarily block as much as it is the threat of the block. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're just a dance partner. The guy comes at you, you kind of turn him to the left. And by the time he turns, your back's past you and into that second level. And with guys like Grossman and Chapman and Wiggum and Brad Bishop, he doesn't have to do a whole lot of blocking. He basically just gets them the ball, carries out his fakes. And again, the play action is really what can work well with what I equate to almost a division one line that they've got there. It, It makes it a lot easier when you've got guys the size and the uh, the pedigree that Placer has on the line, and you know everybody up and down knows linemen win games. You got that right. Uh, we talked about the offense; they put up fifty six. Obviously, that's that's the headline here. But as far as I can see, the defense what they allowed thirteen. What what about that defense? What makes them special to be a uh, you know a, a complementary piece to this to this prolific they're, they're offense? More of a, uh, they're they're more of a, a bend don't break kind of defense. They'll give up some yards to the passing game, but once you get inside the red zone, they're really stout because again. They're so deep that they can play almost complete separate teams. Their D line and their O line don't have to interact. There's maybe one or two guys that play both ways. So with the depth that they've had and, and Eric Dardy's defense, the way he's built it, uh, you know they will bend, but they they rarely break. Thirteen tonight wasn't bad. Ponderosa was without their number one running back. Uh, their kid Jake Cheney apparently had a, some sort of uh, clavicle or some kind of injury and didn't play. But at the same time, Elijah Henderson, he had a pretty good game for them at quarterback, and he put it up 20 times. They run a pistol slash spread, but he was more of a threat on the ground. He ran for 74. Their college, uh, Colin Taylor ran for 62. But, you know, that was the most that their offense did. They, they, they just didn't have the horses to keep up. And usually what happens if you do not, you know, match them score for score, there's very little chance you're going to stop this prolific offense. And, that, and that's what's happened game in and game out. Bishop Minogue earlier in the season had a great running back, Peyton Dixon. He came in and shredded that defense for 400 yards, but we ended up winning the game 69 to 40. So you just, you count the stops. That's the way we've done it all season long. If we get a stop on you the first time and we score on you, you're already behind the eight ball. If you get stopped again, you're probably going to be down 14, then 21, then 28, then 35, then it's halftime. <laughs> and, and it's just how it goes. But they're 8-0 now, actually 9-0 now. 
The big game is going to be next week at Lincoln. Tommy Taylor and that Lincoln offense, they throw the football around the yard. We know that we can be susceptible to the pass game. It's just going to, it could be a shootout. It could be one of those ones. You better bring your track shoes next week, and it should be a lot of fun to watch. And, boy, if you boys ever want to do a game on the roads or your show on the road somewhere, it might be the week next week down at Lincoln to check that out. A lot of good games on uh, on the table for next week. That one's certainly one of them. Final thing for you, you mentioned the passing offense. Uh, would you say that, that Placer's heavily favored heading into this matchup, or is Lincoln really probably the hardest competition that this team is going to be facing or has faced all season long? Um, you know, that Bishop and Oak team was really, really good. I, you know, And you look at the comparative teams that each have played, I would say Plaster is going to be the favorite in this one, but a year ago, Lincoln came up to the hill and both teams were unbeaten in league and we were expecting a great game and we run and clocked them in the third quarter. Mm. So you just never can tell. But then again, two years ago, we went to Lincoln looking like all that and came out flat as a pancake and they blew us off the field. So it's an interesting rivalry. I'm glad both of these schools are in the same league. And again, it is the newly founded Foothill Valley League. And I think everybody at the beginning of the season probably thought it would come down to these two schools with an outside shot of Rio Linda being there with Scadaboo, their running back, and Ibarra, their quarterback. They gave us a pretty good tussle a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, it, it would not be surprising to see this be a very close game, maybe one that the Placer starters will actually have to play into the fourth quarter. But again, you, you just don't know. It, it, it all depends on how the coaches get them motivated on both sides. Lincoln is a tough place to play, and Tommy Taylor or Tommy Turner is a very good quarterback. So I would say yeah, the passing game against the running game, uh, the best way to beat a, a passing team is to keep the ball. Unfortunately, when you look at the touchdown drives, tonight's an example. 222, 130, 55 seconds, a minute wow. 14, 55 seconds, 37 seconds, and a minute 27. And that was every drive, first half and the first drive coming out. They never were stopped. And they went 63, 69, 30, 79, 62, and I want to say 14 because they got the ball down close. And then a 64-yard drive to, before they called off the dogs in the third, fourth quarter. Just proves that time of possession doesn't always translate to wins. Rosie, thank you so much for uh, taking the time, joining us again right here on Friday Night Football. Uh, we appreciate always a pleasure, it. my friend. Love the show, and uh, I'm going to keep my ears open. i got to hear some more scores. Absolutely. Yeah. We will be doing that. A lot of finals still coming in as we speak, so stay tuned as we'll be on till uh, midnight. But we appreciate you as always, Rose, man. Have a great night. You too, brother. That is Dave Rosenthal, the uh, radio voice of Placer Hillman Football. Placer, they just keep on rolling. They are undefeated heading into a big matchup next week against Lincoln. We'll take the break. When we come back, the Sacramento Bee High School football guru, Joe Davidson, joins us. Also and also from Sacramento Bee, Mark Billingsley is going to be joining us in studio, uh, in studio later on this hour. You're not going to want to miss that. More Friday Night Football coming up next on KHDK. Welcome to... Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Ready? Right. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Welcome back into Friday Night Football. Presented to you by Wingstop. Here on Sports 1140 KHDK, the number one high school football show in all of California. My name is Matt George. Joined, as always, by Charles T. Hamilton. Big thanks to Dave Rosenthal, Placer Radio's Dave Rosenthal, for joining us there and sharing everything from Placer's great win, another win. They're 9-0 and now as they head into a big game next week against Lincoln. Uh, a lot of scores for us still to share with you. We also still have to give away our California Family Fitness Player of the 
week. Let you know about our Stockton Honda Game of the Week, which was Dixon at Casa Roble. And voting is up for the Stockton Honda Game of the Week next week. And we have so many good games on here. I don't know how anybody is going to make a decision uh, for this one. Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee, nice enough to join us each and every single week. And wouldn't you know he's consistent. He's back at it again to join us on Friday Night Football. Joe, welcome in, my friend. I believe you were at the Folsom-Grant game. Uh, How was that matchup? Obviously, Folsom gets the win. Didn't look like it was all too close. Uh, But another great night of uh, high school football here as we wrap up Week 10. Hey, uh, Charles and and Matt, good to hear from you guys again. Uh, Yeah, I was at uh, at Grant. It was kind of an interesting matchup. Um, uh, Grant was the area's winningest team in the 1990s and the 2000s. And then the winningest team this decade by an avalanche has been Folsom. So these programs collide uh, and Folsom was just really terrific. Again, scored on its first seven possessions, then took a knee um, right before the half on the grant 25 yard line. So any notion that Folsom runs up the score is completely off. Mm -hmm. And it was 46 Nothing at the half, 53-7 final. Folsom pulled all of its starters at halftime again. Uh, so the reserve played the whole second half. So, you know, the, people insist, people who don't comprehend or need smelling salts, that Folsom is running up the score to pad stats. I don't know how you can do that when you're taking a knee right before the half and when you don't even play your starters in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Folsom is just at a, you know, an incredibly different level of exceptional ex- execution and you know, and the Grant coaches were not upset during the game. Um, I think coaches understand when you're just simply outmatched. And Grant used to overwhelm and outmatch other programs for many years. Well, it's it's Folsom's turn right now. And um, these teams played in the 2010 season opener, and Grant rolled. And then Folsom got a rematch in the section finals, won it, won the state championship, first, first one in program history, 2010. Then in 2011, uh, Folsom played at Grant. Grant rolled again. And then those losses really inspired Folsom to get better and work and work and work, just like losses to De La Salle in the NorCal Finals in 2012-2013. Closed the gap, got better. Um, these t- these programs played in 2014 in the NorCal Finals. Folsom rolled en route to a, uh, another state championship. So uh, it's neat to see that, you know, the, the respect between the two programs, Coach Mike Elbergine and Grant, High praise for Folsom, and same with Chris Richardson and the, and the Folsom staff with high praise on, on Grant. Grant still has a shot to get in the playoffs, uh, has to beat a winless Whitney team next week. I think that's probably going to happen, and Grant will be back in the playoffs. And Folsom is, isn't just trying to get into the playoffs, it's trying to win another state CIF state championship. Joe, you mentioned uh, the Folsom starters pulling out or not being uh, in the game in the second half. Uh, I don't know if Grant starters were in the game for the second half, but the fact that they still held Grant to just seven points speaks wonders to the depth uh, of this Folsom program. Uh, were they just as dominant even with that second unit in against a normally very talented Grant Pacers team? Uh, Grant played its starters for, I think, half the third quarter, maybe a little longer, and it was a running clock in the second half. And so, uh, you know, Grant pulled its starters after a while too. It's just it doesn't make sense to try to have your starters go against the second string. Sure. You know, in you're beaten, you're beaten. And Folsom just had one touchdown in the second half. And I think a lot of area programs are saying, Hey, we shut them out in the second half, or hey, they only gave up one touchdown in the second half. Yeah, but not you know, when you're pulling all the dogs. And Folsom's done this a lot this decade where the reserves play a ton in the second half. So your starters are well rested in the playoffs. 
And then a lot of these reserves are juniors and sophomores, so they come back next season or in previous seasons really experienced. And um, one of the unique things about Folsom, besides its skill set and its strength and conditioning and terrific coaches and depth, is these guys never get hurt. I mean, you don't see um, ankle sprains. You don't see hamstring injuries or groin pulls. They, they just seem to be so well-conditioned, and they're not playing four, four quarters, full four quarters. So um, that will happen later in the playoffs, though I, I would really be surprised if Folsom um, is beaten the rest of the season and may not even be challenged the rest of the season until maybe the state finals. That's how – that's how strong Folsom is, and just rolling right along. Uh, we'll go to Del Oro next week. Del Oro is nine and zero, ranked second in Sacramento B rankings. Uh, we, we all know about how good Del Oro is, but if we're looking at comparative scores, Del Oro last Friday beats Grant twenty two twenty one. Grant hit the upright on a tying extra point with seconds to go, and uh, and then look what Folsom did today fifty three seven over that same Grant team. So if you, you can't. I mean, I don't know how much weight we could put in there but, uh, with comparative scores, but it is, it is interesting. So Del Oro is terrifically talented, really well coached, great program, a lot of experience, but is in for a major challenge against uh, this, this Folsom juggernaut. But that's yeah. what makes it fun. I mean, it's, uh, and, and, and Loomis will be um, overflowing at that Del Oro with a great crowd with a chance to, you know, to knock them off. Joe, you mentioned their depth is a lot of juniors and sophomores. Do you, can you give me any insight to their program as to how they, you know, build this juggernaut every single year? Like their JV and freshman teams, are they they dominant as well? Like how how do they, I don't know, just kind of build this this continual great team? Well, the naysayers and the uh, yes. people who you know people who just complain about anything in life yeah. um, will 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 point that. Folsom has this inordinate amount of transfers. Not true. Incoming freshmen are not transfers. And we've talked about this exhaustively on this show <laughs> and, and, and in our stories in Sacri.com. Folsom's best players are Daniel Nagata, his older brother Joe Nagata, their national recruits, and quarterback Caden Bennett. They grew up in Reno. They're proud of that. They came into Folsom as incoming freshmen. They didn't make them transfers. Um, so those kind of players will really boost you. They're also terrific students, and they're hardworking guys. But the bulk of Folsom's championship teams this decade are rooted in the Folsom Junior Program, the, the youth theater program. So for 15 years, the youth theater programs have been dominant. Um, it's, and a lot of times the JV teams have been dominant. And there's some years where the JV team is not dominant. But, you know, the JV freshman and JV records are totally misleading, uh, JV being junior varsity, um, because, you know, it really only matters when you get to varsity. I, over the decades, Grant has not had very many dominant JV teams, but they've had – the Pacers have had a bunch of dominant varsity teams. Sure. So it's all levels. There's, there's, a, there's, there's fewer players playing high school football across the country and across the state because of the concussion concerns and all that. But the elite programs like Folsom, they're not taking a dip. They're not a dip. There isn't a dip at the youth programs and, and the freshman JV uh, and, and varsity because it's it's a juggernaut. Everybody wants to ride in the Cadillac. And uh, there's good numbers on the varsity program at Del Oro and Granite Bay and Oak Ridge, uh, though the JV numbers at some of those programs are a little bit less. But um, the, the programs that really struggle have smaller numbers. You guys were reading off the scoreboard earlier 
and there are a lot of 50 to nothing blowouts. And I think there's a couple of reasons you're, you know, late in the season, some teams of emotionally and physically, they're just done and, you know, a battle of attrition. So that's why we see some of these scores just get a little bit more lopsided. Uh, but, but Folsom has got it rolling. Unlike any team in regional history, the only comparison would probably be the Cordoba teams in the 1970s that led the nation in victories and, and just had it rolling with theater programs and, made their Air Force base, and uh, it's just, you know, one of those things. But it was a cycle, and Cordova was really good in the 1980s and then collapsed ever since. So it goes in cycles. Joe, you nailed it about the teams with small numbers. That was one of the teams I played on in high school, and by the end of the year it was just play the string out. You know, let's get through it. We got 18 players here. Uh, I just wanted to get on to uh, another great team that uh, was one of your games of the week or one of your, your highlighted games, Bear River at Colfax. Colfax got the big win, uh, and you mentioned that their pass game is what they rely on. What can you tell me about Colfax and just what they're doing this season? Well, what Colfax has done for years is amazing. Uh, Tony Martello is a 200-game winner and a uh, terrific coach, great offensive mind. He went to school there in the early 80s, and Colfax – continues to amaze because it's a small school with the smallest enrollment in school history, 601 students. Uh, and it's still a powerhouse in sports across the board. And um, that was a game I, I, I thought about covering, but I sent our photographer or, or video shooter, Thomas Frey up there. So we have some footage there on SACB.com. Um, small school atmosphere against Bear River, two eight, no teams. That's terrific. We've talked about Bear River, another small school program that, continues to excel despite declining enrollment and they just the Colfax Falcons just have it it's just it's so fun to see that small programs can dominate and medium-sized schools like Placer and and uh, I heard that interview earlier and then the large schools like Folsom so it's uh it's all levels that that uh, get rolling Joe uh a lot of stuff that we can cover as we approach uh, the the start of playoffs. But for someone who follows high school football recreationally and someone who is following maybe a team or two uh, but doesn't necessarily have a horse in the race, how would you explain uh, how the playoff system works from leagues specifically like the SFL to the uh, the state level and then uh, – or sorry, the NorCal level, then to state, and then nationals and beyond? Could you walk us through really how the playoff system works now and what teams are looking at as we approach the uh, the start of playoff time here? You bet. Um so the Sackwalk King section is one of 10 sections in this state, and it's the second largest in, uh, in California. The southern section down in L.A. is the largest. And uh, so you have 10 weeks of the regular season, and you're trying to, if you're a high school football program, you're trying to get at least a minimum of four wins or certainly five to get into the playoffs. And it used to be 16-team brackets. And wow. in recent years, the first round of the playoffs were so viciously bad. You know, Kennedy, well, I'm not Kennedy, but um, Folsom would play a first-round game and win 68 to nothing. And so then uh, the sack-walking section decided to do, like the other sections in the Bay Area and across the state, is have some first-round buys. The top four seeds are in a buy for all divisions, Division One, Two, Three, Four, or right on down the line. And so you have to um, – then it got to the point where you – for decades, the only prize was the Sackville King Section Championship. And then the season was over. That started in 1976. And then it was in 2006 when the state CIF playoffs were started. It was like the only state in America that didn't have it. And it wasn't out of ignorance. It's just, it, just, it was hard to get it going and get it launched because the enrollments are so different. So 
in, in the Sacramento area, a Division One school is 2,200 students and more. Down in L.A., there are schools with 4,000, 5,000 students. And up in the northern part of the state, there are no Division One programs. There's nobody above 16 or 1,700 students. So it's hard to – how do you make it Division One versus Division One, one section or the other? Um, so that's always been problematic. And then and a few years ago, I think three or four years ago, um, it was decided and voted on by the CIF member schools that if you win a section championship, you get to play in a NorCal or Southern California regional championship. For, before that, for years, the section champions would be put on a board, okay, who goes to the state bowl, and then the section commissioners would vote on it. So you had some 13-0 or 14-0 teams that didn't advance but a team maybe that was eight, you know, uh, eleven and three would advance because they played a much stronger schedule. So guys like Pete Sacco, the, the retired Sacco-King Section Commissioner, and his partner John Williams, the Assistant Commissioner, he's now retired too. They, they they helped push a measure that if you win a section championship, you've earned the right to move on. And some people might argue that, um, well, it's just too many games. You know, it's too many games to be playing. You know, fifteen or sixteen games is ludicrous. That is ludicrous if everybody's playing 16 games, but only the fortunate few teams that are winning section championships are playing that many games. And these coaches are very smart. The Del Oro's, the Granite Bay's, the Folsom's over the years, where you really pull back the hitting, uh, you know, by midseason. And now it's mandated by, by state law that you just can't batter each other every day in practice. Well, now when you're anticipating a section championship, Northern California championship or state championship, like Flaster and programs like that, you call off your dog. You just you you you're not going to gain anything by knocking each other around. Sure. Fourteen weeks into the season, so it's a little complex on how it all works. But uh, there's six divisions. Forever there was only three divisions, but there's so many small level schools that you can't have a, a school with 600 students taking on a program at 1500. It's just uh, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense in the section rounds. And then in the state bowls, not to get too long winded here. They've done it with a competitive equity thing, not so much on enrollment, but just on competitive equity. In the last two years, the Northern California Championship Games, have, for all divisions, have been thrillers. It's worked. So the CIF is on to something. Uh, and people may argue, guys, that, oh, it's the CIF making too many games just to make it a money grab. It's ridiculous. No, people want more games. Um, you know, who's the best? Who's the best? Um, so that's, that's what we get. And guess what's happening? And you guys talked about it earlier. We have incredibly good high school football, great teams, great programs, all levels, different parts of town, up and down this region, and great you know players. And you know we're just getting warmed up. I mean, you know, the regular season's one thing, but then we're going to have a six-week sprint all through the playoffs. That's when it gets a lot of you know that just adds to the fun. We just got confirmation that Del Oro head coach Jeff Walters is going to be joining us after a gritty win at 11:20. Uh, we're going to talk to him a lot about not just that game, but the Folsom matchup next week. But for you specifically, Joe, is it going to take a perfect game from Del Oro to beat Folsom? Or is there any really distinct advantage that you could point to that says maybe in this specific area, Del Oro might have Folsom's number? Well, Del Oro's got that great, kickoff punt returner in Johnny Guzman. And anybody who wants to kick to that guy is going to pay for it. He's had a number of four, five, six, 90-yard kickoff returns. Um, and, you know, so that's interesting. Ask Jeff Walters this. There was a great moment before the game against rival Rockland where a special needs player from Rockland and a special needs player from Del Oro 
were allowed to score a touchdown before the actual game, but it was a kind of a, a game-like situation. And, you know, the players all mobbed these guys. And that just shows terrific sportsmanship. It shows that everybody's a player on this roster. I, I think it's just a terrific thing that they did that. That's awesome. Uh, so I asked them about that. It, it, it's real life. It's big picture. It's beyond wins and losses and all that stuff. So kudos for those programs doing it. Those are fierce rival programs who, who get it. They, they understand um, that that's important too. And for those special needs students in shoulder pads, members of the team to score a, um, you know, a makeshift touchdown is a memory that their families will appreciate forever. And their teammates, I saw the videos of the teammates going up there and mobbing them. They'll appreciate that too. So that's uh inspiration. That's pretty cool. So yeah, kudos to coach Jeff Walters and, and, and Greg Benzo, the, the coach at, uh, at Rock. But to answer your question a little bit more. So, Delaware has 17 starters back from last season's team that went to a section championship. And so Delaware's got experience. And Delaware has – there's no pressure on Delaware. All the pressure's on Folsom. Right. Folsom's the team with a 35-game winning streak in Sierra Foothill League play. Um, and so that's the, the pressure's on Folsom. And so I, I would – and Coach Walters will tell you, but they don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just Delaware just has to do what it does. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, but it's, you know, what do you do? Do you try to, can you defensively slow down Folsom? I don't think so. Can you try to keep pace with Folsom? That's your best shot. Um, you know, I mean, of course the defense is going to want to try to stall Folsom, but Folsom's probably going to score in the 40s and the 50s. That's what it's done all season, except for the opener at De La Salle. And so, Delo has to keep pace. You know, if it's if it's 14 nothing Folsom, Delo has to respond. If it's 21 nothing, has to respond. You can't afford to be down 42-7 at the half. Joe, you're the best. I just got to say it. I mean, you're, you're giving us everything we need right now. I just got to get one more question in here. Sheldon at Jesuit yeah. tomorrow uh, for the – oh, man, I lost their division. But for their d- uh, divisional championship right here, Can w- what can you tell us about this big game tomorrow? Great game. Delta League championship on the line tomorrow. Sheldon is uh, has won um, seven in a row since opening the season with a, a loss to Monterey Trail. And Jesuit has won six in a row since opening the season with losses to Folsom and Granite Bay. So both teams are rolling. Um, should be a great game. Um, field turf, perfect weather. Um, Sheldon with Coach Joe Catalico is, is throwback, power run. Terrell Smith is a terrific running back. Uh, Francisco Salinas, the quarterback, will, go, will throw deep uh, for an element to kind of spread it out. And um, Jesuit is coached by Marlon, Marlon Blanton, terrific guy, terrific coach. He's a disciple of De La Salle, so they run the beer, the Marauders do. Um, Kane Carbigo is a, is a quarterback who's played well. Uh, national recruit Isaiah Rutherford, running back, cornerback, just gave a verbal commitment to Notre Dame, so that tells you what kind of recruit he is. Should be a terrific game. I would favor Jesuit because of the home field, um, but, um, you know, the the winner of that game will go into the Division One playoffs. And I think Sheldon's Division One, regardless. But if Sheldon were to win, Jesuit may slide down to Division Two. Um, and Division Two's got some heavies. Grant will be in that playoffs. Grant at Bay, I think, just secured a playoff with that big win over Oak Ridge. Um, Central Catholic is Division Two. Um, there's some, you know, Intercom, Del Oro. You know, if Del Oro beats Folsom, Del Oro will go into the Division One playoffs because. If you win a Division One league, you go into the playoffs as a Division One entry, and Folsom's locked into Division One because of multiple section championships. So even our Saturday games are good. 
Um, so that should be a terrific game. I'm going to go out there and check that out as well. Nice. Joe, last thing before we let you go. We got Mark Billingsley joining us in studio coming up. Uh, Matt George said he's your best friend, and I just, I don't know. I'm, my feelings aren't hurt, but I just noticed that. I just wanted to let you know that, I, that I'm, I'm noticing things. Well, you know, and, and don't be, you know, we're, we're boys. I okay. mean, Mark is, Mark, Mark is a figurehead best friend. Okay. I mean, I have to tell Mark he's my best friend. It's more for I Mark. Have him take these, yeah, just so I could tell him, just so he could accept a, a game assignment. He just <laughs> he does a great job. He does cover, covers, he also covers the River Cats. He's done a lot of Sac State, used to Davis Forest. And uh, he's a teacher by trade, but he's a journalist at heart. He, I don't know what's up with Billingsley, though, but last week he goes to the Grant Del Oro game. I was going to say. Yeah, and then tonight he's covering the Del Campo Christian Brothers game. Another fight breaks. I think he's out there causing stuff. I think he's poking the bear when he's supposed to just be reporting. So I don't know. I mean, a big brawl and and fights in high school are a bad deal, yeah, they are. just because it's a bad look. Got to keep your cool. But in high school sports, if you get thrown out of a game for fighting, you have to sit out the following game. Yeah. So it's a double whammy, uh, which is a great rule. Otherwise, I think we'd have a lot more fights because, you know, high school kids are going to get a little chippy. Mm-hmm. Somebody says something stupid or a late hit and guys are going to tee off. And I think they see it on TV, too. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, there's a free for all. How many times do we see an MMA fight uh, where everybody thinks they're, you know, outside the octagon, where everybody thinks they're a, an MMA guru and they're out there brawling and throwing guys down, whether it's at a parking lot or something. It's like, you know, don't don't mimic the real stuff. You're, you're a lunk hit. So, uh you know, these guys, these high school kids should never be fighting. And it's Definitely. a bad look, and their parents are there, and their alumni are there, and the coaches are going to find it, and the referees are going to toss them out. So, And then they're letting their team down. Yep. I mean, you're really letting your team down when you're out for the next week. Joe, uh, if, if Matt and I get in a fight while Mark's here, you'll know it's Mark's fault. That's when you'll get your confirmation <laughs> if Matt and I duke it out. Well, and, and if one of you guys is a lineman, you know, Charles, if you're the lineman, I'm the wing screwed. key guy. Yeah, yeah, put the money on uh, me for sure. Yeah. And but you know what? Beware because Mrs. George might be looming right around the corner, and she'll drop kick you. She probably got a, she probably got some kind of half Nelson move. She'll just for tie sure. up and, and just you'll be unavailable for comment after that. She's a, she's a softball player, Joe, and she's a catcher, and she knows how to use a bat. So I'm I, I'm afraid for Charles there. But in terms of a Charles versus me fight, Charles might use me as a javelin. Let's just put it that way. But also, I want you to know, Joe, that I'm okay with being the guy that carries her golf clubs when we go golfing. I'm fine with that. And, and, you know, and when I say, hey, pop open a beer, and I don't mean maybe, you do it. Oh, sure. You know, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, well, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't say beer on a high school program, you know, um, an adult beverage. A, a so root beer. I say, hey, yeah, when I say, hey, Matt George, hydrate me, I mean, you, you, you hand me the cold one out of the cooler. I, yeah. I get that. Absolutely. Nice, cold, refreshing bottle of water. Thank you so much, Joe, for taking the time. That is Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee. As always, we have his ex best friend now that uh, now that uh, <laughs> that um, now that we got Charles D. Hamilton here. But he'll be joining us here very closely, so we'll ask him about that brawl and, and everybody uh, or everything else that happened here. Uh, but Joe, thank you as always for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you about Saturday's game uh, next week. Also, we'll talk to you about all these great games. I assume you're going to be at Folsom and Del Oro, uh, so we'll be sure to recap that game with you next week. You got it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Charles. We'll, we'll talk next week. Thanks, Appreciate Joe. you. That is Joe Davidson, our favorite guest, the number one high school football analyst, probably not just in the state. I mean, that's already locked down. Nation. But maybe the entire world. Joe Davidson does his job better than probably anybody else on the planet. Uh, and we are lucky to have someone who dedicates My current them. best friend. Yeah, your current best friend. Uh, whatever. I'm not bitter either. <laughs> uh, but 
someone that just dedicates their life and their career to to covering these programs and to highlighting these kids that are that are working their uh, hearts out, student athletes uh, that give their all off the field and or on the field and in the classroom. So thank you so much to Joe uh, for joining us. Mark Billingsley, I just got a text from him. He is on his way, so he will be joining us very, very shortly, shortly for most of the 11 o'clock hour, if not all of it. Like I said earlier, Delaware head coach Jeff Walters will be joining us at 1120 to talk about this great game uh, that he faced against Rockland this week and the amazing matchup uh, that they have next week against Folsom. Plus, we still have the Stockton Honda Game of the Week to tell you about, the California Fitness Player of the Week Award to give out. So much to get to. One jam-packed hour left. You're going to want to join us right here on Friday Night Football. Welcome to... Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show, presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Welcome back into Friday Night Football. Another hour left for you here as it is 11 o'clock, taking you up till 12. The number one high school football show in California. Not that there's a rankings, but if there were, damn it, we're at the top. My name is Matt George, joined by Charles T. Hamilton. Having a lot of fun here. National champs. As we do every single week. And I really get carried by by CTH. Let's not be... Uh, let's not be well, let's be honest. We both get carried by Joe Davidson. That is very true. <laughs> let's just keep it so, real. I, every time Joe comes on, I feel like I need a nap afterwards because I mean, he, he fills your brain with so much information that I just need to rest on it. But no, we have to keep going. We have to push along. Our jobs are difficult. Pity us. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to make it a little bit easier here for ourselves as Mark Billingsley from the Sacramento Bee, uh, Joe's partner in crime, but former best friend yep. now that Charles D. Hamilton has taken over. Yep. He's going to, I mean, sucks. Sucks to suck. But, you know, you guys can hash it out. Here. There, there might be a brawl seeing as how Mark goes to everywhere that there are brawls. Yeah. Uh, so Mark brawls will, follow him. Brawls. He Mark is the brawl. <laughs> they brawl over Mark. Uh, so we'll uh, have Mark in studio joining us here very very shortly. Before we get to that though, we have a lot to get to here, so I'm not going to waste any more time with my uh, silliness. Uh, let's run through this Friday night football scoreboard brought to you by Wingstop. Starting off with an early game, Sierra Ridge Academy at home hosting Millennium. Millennium gets the job done in this one, 28-16, the final. Vintage at home taking on Sonoma Valley. A vintage performance by Vintage. They get the W, 56-6. Linden at home getting the job done against San Juan. They put up 44 points, hold San Juan to 12. Linden gets another win. Bret Hart, the excellence of execution, goes down to Argonaut. 35-3. 35 to 3. Manteca puts up 50 on Sierra at home. Manteca gets the win 50 to 7. Downey at home taking on Pittman. Pittman comes in, gets a nice win. Close game here, 37 to 33. A blowout and a shutout. One of the many here this evening. Woodland takes on Mesa Verde, and at home they put up 48 to nothing. Grant at home taking on the juggernaut that is Folsom. Folsom comes in, puts up 53. Grant puts up seven. Folsom gets the W. You say juggernaut. I say placer at home. They taught Ponderosa 56-13. They are undefeated, looking to have an undefeated season next week against Lincoln. Oak Ridge at home taking on Granite Bay, which might have turned out to be the game of the night. Granite Bay gets the W, 25-24. to Well, if anybody has anything to say about the game of the night, it might be this one. And we're going to have head coach Jeff Walters on in just a little bit to share with us. But Del Oro and Rockland battled from start to finish in this game. Del Oro getting the victory in the Thunder Territory. 20-13 to the final. Del Oro stays undefeated. Nevada Union at home taking on Lincoln. Lincoln comes in, gets the 20-point win, 44-24. to How about this? Central Catholic putting up 70 points on Kimball. 70-19 the final score. WSCA taking on Valley Christian. WSCA loses to VC 42-21. Valley, or excuse me, Rio Vista 
putting up 43 points against Golden Sierra. 43-13, the final Rio Vista getting the win on the road. Atwater at home taking on Merced. Merced comes in, puts up 60. Atwater puts up 19. Merced gets the 41-point W. Finally, Pacheco taking on Bayer. Pacheco puts up 56 points. Bayer only gets 23. Pacheco gets another win. That is a look at your scoreboard here on Friday Night Football presented by Wingstop. The full scoreboard is available right now on KHDK.com. More scores to get to that we will share with you later on in the show. Really quickly, before we get to break, want to run through the Stockton Honda Game of the Week vote that is up right now. This week's Stockton Honda Game of the Week was Dixon at Casa Roble, and Casa Roble certainly got their job done at home. 59-20 the final. We will share more about that game in a little bit, but right now, online on KHDK, you can go and vote for next week's Stockton Honda game of the week, and this is going to be a tough vote, Chuck. Maybe the toughest we've ever seen. You ain't lying. Uh, Folsom at Del Loro. That one is huge. Ponderosa at Oakmont. Bradshaw Christian at Rosemont. Capital Christian at Vista Del Lago. And Elk Grove at Oak Ridge. You can go right now to vote on those. Quick segment. We have to take the break because when we come back, we have Mark Billingsley from the Sacramento joining us in studio for the remainder of the show right here on KHDK. Broadcasting from the Sacramento Republic FC studio. KHDK AM and HD. KNCI HD3 Sacramento. This is Sports 1140. KHDK. We do sports. Friday night is football night. Big hits. Great plays. School spirit. All of that is on display and more all around Northern California. It's It's time time for the the Friday Friday Night Football Football Show. Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles D. Hamilton. Yes, indeed. Friday Night Football here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton in, as always, giving you all the rundown of Friday Night Football action. Two more guests coming for you here in the remainder of this show uh, as Delaware head coach Jeff Walters is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. And then following that, we have the Sacramento Bees. Mark Billingsley had to reschedule with him a little bit, but he will be joining us at 1140. Uh, so no issues there. It would be great to, to have him on and chat about everywhere that he was at and everything that he's been covering here uh, this week. A lot to get to, including our uh, California Family Fitness Player of the Week. We're going to get to that. Charles is going to give that award out. But first, let's look through the remainder of this high school football scoreboard. Starting with our game of the week, the Stockton Honda game of the week. You voted on this all last week, and it was awarded to Dixon versus Casa Roble at Casa Roble, and the Rams got the job done. 59-20 at home. Hell of a way to make a statement on this game of the week. Weston Ranch at home taking on East Union. East Union comes in, puts up 48, gets the W, 48-12. Big Valley Christian defeats Brookside Christian 42-18 on the road. Big Valley Christian just continues to have a fantastic season. Highlands at home taking on Vacaville Christian. Highlands puts up 59. Vacaville Christian puts up 34. Highlands gets a W. Turlock at home puts on quite a show for their fans. They defeat Gregory 63-21. to That's a... Uh... It's not bad. That's a big one. Calaveras at home, taking on Sonora. Sonora comes in, gets the W, 21-7. Natomas traveling to Cordova, looking for a win. Couldn't get it done, though. Cordova at home, just too hard to handle. They win 41-20. Yuba City at home, welcoming Indercom. Indercom, not great guest. They put up 49, while Yuba City puts up zero. That's rude of them. 
Rio, me. Rio Linda at home trying to be better hosts for the Oakmont Vikings, but Rio Linda putting the stomping on them. 51 to 14. Rio Linda gets another W. Del High at home taking on Oristimba. Oristimba with the W. They come in, put up 38. Del High, seven. Gustine at home hosting Waterford, 24 14. The final. Gustine getting another win. Toke at home taking on St. Mary. St. Mary's comes in. Shuts them out while putting up 49. St. Mary's with the win, 49 nothing. Good night for home teams as Kennedy hosts River City and gets the job done, 32 to 19. Burbank taking on McClatchy. Burbank, not very gracious hosts. They put up 55. McClatchy puts up zero. Wood Creek starts with a W, and they get another W. Yes, those are my old stomping grounds. The Timberwolves beating River Valley 35-27. Consumers Oaks at home taking on Elk Grove. Pretty good game here. Elk Grove comes in, gets the W 27-17. Moving on, Tracy taking on Lodi. Tracy getting the job done at home there, 41-12. Davis at home serving up some home cooking. They get the W against Franklin. 27 nothing. Another shutout. Laguna Creek getting shut out by Monterey Trail. 62 nothing. Bradshaw, Bradshaw Christian at home taking on El Dorado. Bradshaw Christian with the W. 34 to 13. Another offensive showcase for the home team. Center hosting Lynnhurst and defeating them 68 to 7. Ripon at home taking on Houston. Ripon puts up 56 while Houston puts up 15. W for Ripon. Sneaking in these two really quick Do here. It. 48 to 12 as Edison beats Chavez and Rosemont defeating Liberty Ranch in a fun game. 11 points uh, was the difference. 35-24, Rosemont at home getting the W. That is your list at the KHDK Friday Night Football scoreboard. The whole scoreboard is available and up right now at khdk.com for you to check out. Head coach of Del Oro, Jeff Walters, going to be joining us here in about six or seven minutes following this break coming up. But before we get to that, Charles D. Hamilton has to give out his patented prestigious California Family Fitness Player of the Week. And that award goes to... Well, first off, Matt, it's what these guys are playing for. Straight up. California I mean, Family Fit Player of the Week. Section playoffs. Yep. Uh, uh, it's, it's here. California. It's what I'm doing here. That's just... I have to give it to my man playing at Sacramento, Javon Felton. Rushed for 282 yards. Not bad. Seven touchdowns. That's it? Yes, uh, seven. Uh, seven touchdowns. And had a kickoff return... For a touchdown as well. So I think you misspoke. You mean one touchdown for seven points, right? No, 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 no. He did not score seven points. He scored seven touchdowns. Javon Felton. And a 75-36 to 36 win over Rio Americano. So, That's ridiculous. I, I can't do that on Madden on rookie mode. So one running back was responsible for 41 points, not including PATs. Come on, man. You're putting me on the spot with math? Like, ugh. I think it's 42. 42. Actually. I was going to say I think it's 42. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I mean, we all are, you know. Hey, stay, keep, keep, stay in algebra. So one of the great kids. reasons about um, ignoring math or going to sporting mm-hmm, events mm-hmm. is that they have a scoreboard in front of you. That, that is does, right. Does the math for you? Um, Box scores as well, you I, know. I, 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 I had to do quick math. But Javon Felton, I'm, I'm going to try and dig us out of this Please. dumb hole we dug ourselves into, proving that we're both morons. Javon Felton, he's probably a better student. Than we yeah, I can guarantee you that. From Sacramento. 282 yards, seven touchdowns, kickoff return for a touchdown, and a 75-36 win over Rio Americano. Javon Felton is your California Family Fit Player of the Week. And with numbers like that, I mean, 
How could I not give it to him? Seven touchdowns. Unbelievable. That's ridiculous. Well, congratulations. Put the team to, on his back, though. No kidding. Congratulations to that young man for that showcase game, and we are honored to give you the Week 9 California Family Fitness Player of the Week Award. One more regular season award uh, for us to give out CTH. We will do that next week, and you can go to KHDK.com right now. Uh, click on the uh, Friday Night Football page. You'll see a little link to our California Family Fitness Player of the Week, and you can go through and see all the honors and all the awards given out week by week this entire season. Like Chuck said, it's what they're really playing for. We know it. It's okay. You can admit it. Uh, we we won't take it uh, we won't take it too as too much of a shock. I mean, we know it to be true. We're gonna take the break here. Uh, coming up next segment, Delaro head coach Jeff Walters, friend of the show. Delaro keeps on winning. We keep on having them back, but they had to scratch and claw for this one, Chuck. Back to back, tough, gritty wins for Delaro heading into their biggest game of the year at home against Folsom next week. Plenty for us to talk to head coach Jeff Walters about. That's coming up next on KHDK. Yes, indeed. Friday night football here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Week 10 already. Can you believe it? We got one more week uh, to go, and we're more than excited. Uh, to bring you all of the action right here on Sports 1140 KHDK and recap everything like we've been doing all season long. Had a lot of fun doing it with my partner, Charles T. Hamilton. My name is Matt George. Welcome in and welcome back to Friday Night Football. Head coach of the Del Oro Golden Eagles, Jeff Walters, set to join us here in just a minute. Uh, before we get to that, though, wanted to... Uh, uh, share with you once again the Stockton Honda Game of the Week vote that is up right now for you to vote on Sports 1140 KHDK. Five incredible games, including Folsom at Del Oro, or excuse me, Del Oro, Ponderosa at Oakmont, Bradshaw Christian at Rosemont, Capital Christian at Vista Del Lago, and Elk Grove at Oak Ridge. Those five games are available for you to vote on right now on sports1140khdk.com. While you're over there, check out our full scoreboard for all the high school games here in the region. You can also check out who won the California Fitness Player of the Week this week and in past weeks. You're going to want to spend a lot of time over there if you call yourself a high school football fan. we got quite the uh, the hub for you. Delaware head coach Jeff Walters. We've had him on, it seems like, a million times, but we're going to keep having him on as long as his team continues to excel and turn in uh, fantastic games for fantastic performances. If you were just to look at Del Oro and see their record, you would think, okay, man, this team has run rough shot over everybody in the league. And early on, they were they were winning some games pretty handily. But these last two weeks have shown the the grit, determination, and effort, and the lack of um, of quit in this team from top to bottom after a, a gritty win last week over Grant. Del Oro battles from behind at. Rockland against the Thunder and comes out with a fantastic 20-13 victory here tonight. Head coach of the Del Oro Golden Eagles, Jeff Walters, joining us right now. Coach, you got another one done. Incredible for us to follow both on social media uh, and online in general. Chuck and I were on the edge of our seats just following this game. Uh, but what a, uh, a victory in these matchups are really what high school football is all about in October. Uh, no doubt. I mean, Bottom line is the SFL is no joke, um, and you can't take a week off any week uh, because uh, great coaches across the lines and obviously players. Uh, so, you know, my hat's off to Rockland. I thought they had a great, a great game plan offensively, defensively. Um, you know, they brought their A game tonight, and, you know, and uh, we were able to, to find a little magic at the end and, and pull out that victory. Coach, before we actually dive into the game itself, uh, Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee uh, told me to ask you about this 
awesome moment that happened before the game took place. Uh, two special needs players, one from uh, from Del Oro and one from Rockland, they both each got the opportunity uh, to score a, uh, a touchdown before the game actually started, and it resulted in players mobbing them. The crowd was into it and super involved. Uh, can you share a little bit about that moment, what went into it, and just how awesome it was to be a part of it as a head coach on the sidelines uh, to see really these two kids, both of their dreams come true? No doubt. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's obviously a, a great honor to be the head coach at Delaro High School, you know, for this or for one of these reasons, which is, you know, character counts. And, you know, it's, it's not just something that we preach. It's something that we believe. And to that point, we believe in, in inclusion. You know, Connor, Connor's a great kid that we absolutely love. Um, and, you know, we want to be part of the educational process for all kids at our school. Um, so uh, working with Connor to try to help him um, grow just like any other child. And so, the opportunity came, uh, and Coach Benzel and I exchanged a couple emails and had some discussions about uh, some possibility of, of uh, recognizing these two athletes for all of their contributions over the season and trying to get them into the end zone so that they could have their moment. Um, and I can tell you that uh, no teammate, no teammate could have been more proud, um, you know, than than our team was tonight to, to see Connor get to get into that end zone. I, I actually put my arm around him after the game in the locker room, and he was still smiling ear to ear as I showed him the play on uh, on uh, uh, social media. Uh, so you know he'll he'll walk around like the king of the uh, campus next week for sure. Well, Coach, I don't really have a follow-up question uh, to that, but I just want to let you know that I applaud you and uh, Coach Benzel, Rockland, Del Oro, uh, for doing that. We see so many of these stories happening all over the world, and it's great that more and more programs uh, are embracing it. Also, congratulations to uh, your players and to the Rockland players for how well they handled it as well. Uh, just something, a yeah. great message to send and, and a great a great moment uh, that doesn't take away from this fantastic game, but just adds on to it and all the more makes it all the more special. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, that was, the again, you know, Greg Benzel and his coaching staff, I just can't say enough about how much respect I have for them. And, uh, you know, it's, it really is a pleasure, um, you know, playing the game against Rockland. And like I said, I just, I just am so thankful to get a chance to kind of learn as I grow in my coaching abilities, you know, just from looking over at the sideline and seeing guys that have done it the right way for a long time. So, like I said, a lot of respect for all uh, all the boys over at the Thunder. Coach, I know every time I see one of those clips online or anything, I, it, it, it's guaranteed I get a little dusty over here. Uh, never been a part yeah. of one. What was the emotion like after that? Was it something that kind of hyped your team up? Or probably, I mean, both teams, because I think both both teams were involved, yeah. correct? Was it something that hyped your guys up? Was it a, a different vibe? Like, what? How how'd you guys feel after that when you're about to you play know, a, a football game? Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you were really excited for for Connor in in his moment. Um, you know it. I think that uh, on a different night, I think it probably would have had a, a much more profound effect. You know, it happened that um, that we had a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, um, we were um, remembering the uh, the great sacrifice of Officer Redding um, in the battle for the uh, the Shield game, um, honoring the lost officer Matt Redding. Um, so we had that ceremony part of it. It was also 
uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Night for Rockland, as well as Senior Night. So there was a lot of festivities going on at the beginning of the game. So uh, it made for for quite a quite a interesting evening, to say the least. Coach, I noticed in the game. I mean, great game, back and forth game, really hard uh, hard fought. Uh, I noticed Aiden Foster had a touchdown run to tie you guys up at thirteen. Uh, not yeah. a name I've seen a lot this year, and you know, as I've mentioned, follow you guys very closely. What can you tell me about Aiden Foster, just as a player, and then what what makes you uh, dial up his number at, at this crucial point in the game? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Aiden is Aiden is kind of the thunder to Sheldon Condy's lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we do definitely have multiple backs. I mean, you know, that's really what's what's allowed us to be as dynamic as we've been on offense. Is you know, we really have a lot of different players and. And my philosophy on offense is, is not necessarily to make a square peg fit in a round hole, but figure out a way to make sure that that square peg fits in a square hole and uh, make sure that there is a natural fit in our offense. So, um, you know, that's the thing that's Aiden's great in between the tackles, getting those hard yards. Um, Sheldon does a real solid job with that as well, but, um, but definitely is a little bit lighter than uh, – than Aiden is, so we give him the opportunity. And, you know, it's just so exciting that both of them are juniors, um, you know, because they're going to be a great backfield next year again, Um, as well as uh, Aiden has a younger brother who is kind of the workhorse on our JV team. So um, running back is looking looking strong at Del Oro for the next few years. Coach, your team hasn't had too much experience this season of battling from behind. Uh, but they really had a great opportunity for it tonight and obviously responded, were able to get the job done, so that's got to make you proud. Uh, but how many lessons can you learn even late on, uh, in the season when you are as successful of a program and as a, of a team as you have been this season uh, from these gritty battles where you really have to come out clutch and you have to dig the, uh, just a little bit deeper in order to scratch out one of these wins on the road? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, obviously you're thankful anytime you get a win. I thought last week against Grant was – was a great, great learning opportunity to, you know, come down to the end, win by one and, and battle through and, you know, learn all the things that you, you can from a loss and know that you got to win. Um, and, and it wasn't a loss, but, but definitely it was, it was an eye opening, humbling experience for us. And, you know, Rockland, like I said, they great coaches that put their kids in great position. And, you know, I think that made a, a world of difference tonight and kind of slowing us down. Um, you know, and I think uh, I think the moment that we stop learning our lessons, it's shame on us as coaches and shame on us as players and as a team um, to, uh, you know, for not getting better every week and seizing the moments that, that matter. And, you know, obviously we're trying to make these guys the best that they can be. Um, and, you know, and I'm just – I'm proud of them that they keep learning these lessons. Coach, you guys had a couple turnovers, had – Somewhat of a comeback win, had to you know overcome an early deficit. Uh, I've noticed though last week and this week your defense really stepped up. Uh, the the defense led by defense coordinator Josh Perry. Yeah. What, what has really turned on for these guys in these last couple of weeks, where this prolific offense has not struggled but not put up as many points as they usually do, to where they you know defense has to take over. No doubt. Well, I mean, I, like we talk all the time, it, it could be anybody's night. Um, and so you just got to be ready for when your, uh, when your number gets called, um, you know, and, and they are a gritty group. Uh, they take after their, their leader and coach Perry and the rest of the defensive coaches. And, you know, I'll tell you what, um, 
you know, he, Josh Perry is, is a pretty special man, and I'm I'm very, very blessed to have him not only in my coaching staff but to call him my friend because he's one of the most inspirational people I've ever met. You know, oftentimes I, I've had the opportunity to coach with a lot of guys who've played in the NFL, um, but Josh is a different cat because you'd never guess that um, that, that was in his DNA. He's just a grinder and the kids feed off that. So it does it definitely doesn't shock me that our defense does what it does. Um, you know, because that's that's who we are and, and that's what our leader does on that side of the ball for sure. Coach, you know I gotta do it. How'd the O line yep. do tonight? How'd my boys do up front? Oh, the O line the O line did pretty good. We had a we were a little banged up. We've been banged up uh kind of the last two weeks, which is a little unfortunate, but we're hoping that with the next little stretch we're gonna get a chance to to get healthy. Um, we also had one of our players that was sitting out as a, a result of receiving um, a second on sports on my call last week. Um, you know, so we actually brought up a, a JV offensive lineman today who got to cut his teeth in a big game. And nice. so we're real, real proud of that group. And um, like I said, you know, I, I've never been so in love with an offensive line as I do with this group. They're just, they're just the best. And I'm just so proud, proud to, to have them there. My man. Coach, uh, in every sport, but especially football, towards the end of the season, whether it's professional all the way down to, to high school, even peewee, uh, players are banged up. Players are sore. They're yeah. they're tired. It's been a long season. It's been a grind. I mean, we're talking about week 10 plus all the practice uh, leading right. up to that. It's impossible for everybody to really be 100% healthy. I'm curious from a coaching standpoint, how difficult is that to handle? You know you're going to be dealing with it every single year, but it doesn't make it any easier, I'd assume. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's, it definitely takes a toll on the kids. I'll tell you, it takes a toll on the coaches as well. You know, um, one of the things that, uh, that our program has, has done, uh, over the past few years is we have had a lot of success. And I know that the, the boys at Folsom can attest it's, you know, when you have 16 week seasons, um, you know, it'll put a drag on you. And, you know, most of my coaches have been around for that experience. And to make matters worse, we're, we're also coaching a little JV along the way. So, I was proud to proud to um, get the JV win tonight as well. So our our JVs are actually uh, uh, clinched a share of uh, first place um, tonight by beating Rockland's JV as well. Awesome. So not only not only are we we doing some things on varsity, um, you know, we're doing some good things with JV. So, um, but yeah, to to say the least, it's especially at a relatively smaller school like ours. You know, it's just trying to keep every kid ready to go. Um, you know, a lot like Coach Cavalier said last week, you know, your twos and threes have got to be ready to be starters at any moment. So um, you just try to do your best to manage your athletes, but also, you know, protect them from themselves sometimes because, you know, the kids want to play and you want to make sure that, that they're taking care of themselves as well. Well, Coach, uh, you brought up Folsom, and it's it's hard to to not think about them now coming up next. Two great wins back-to-back, bringing in some uh, some good momentum. Maybe this was what this team needed a little bit as a reminder of how difficult the SFL is, and you still got the king, or at least the, the yep. kings of the SFL recently. But they're coming into your house, into your territory. Right. Uh, and uh, we asked Joe Davidson and talked to Joe Davidson a lot, uh, and he thinks that you and your program are more than up to the challenge. That game is up right now uh, for our Stockton Honda game of the week, which you uh, and everybody can go vote right now on khdk.com. Uh, but this is the big one this week, all about training and, and getting ready for this matchup. Uh, how are you feeling coming off of this win and getting ready to prepare for for the Bulldogs? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, again, just, 
just love these kids because when we sat down in January and we started talking about goals and things we wanted to accomplish, you know, a lot of them batted their eyes when I said, you know what, our goal every year is to win a league championship. And, you know, that, that definitely goes through the Bulldogs. You know, they've, they've been on a great run. They're very, very talented. They're, they're great coaches. Um, so again, it's, it's going to be a battle. Um, you know, that I think I'm very excited about getting that win tonight, um, you know, to, to set up the mega game that everybody's been hoping would, would be set up. Um, but, you know, it, it's football at the end of the day. Um, and so we just got to try to be, as coaches, uh, you know, a calming influence on our kids and have them go play football. I mean, they've been playing against these kids since they were in Pee Wee. Um, so, you know, you know, they got to enjoy it. Like, I, like I've been preaching all year long, that the F in football should stand for fun. Um, and you know, it's, it's important to have a little fun along the way. So I'm hoping our kids, you know, don't lose sight of the moment and understand that, you know, have fun. Cause that's what it's about. You've grinded, you know, for nine straight weeks, you know, to put yourself in a position, go have fun, you know, play loose and, you know, don't worry about what, what might happen. Just enjoy the moment. Love your perspective on that, Coach. Uh, I couldn't agree more. You mentioned being a a calming influence for these kids. Is there any, I wouldn't say worry, but is it something you'll have to look for about them not being overhyped for such a big game against such a big opponent? You know, at the end of the day, they're 17 and 18-year-old <laughs> kids. So, um, again, it's another great opportunity for us to teach life lessons. Um, you know, and that's what we focus on it today. Um you know, during our, our guest speaker who spoke on the idea of integrity and character development, I think that's what we got tonight. Like you guys said, we haven't really had a game where we were down, especially two touchdowns this season. You know, so to see our kids battle back and, and believe, you know, because at times it looked like shaky waters and, you know, the whole idea of banding together and, and not, not allowing a crack. Um, so that's, that all falls into part of the story. I told the kids the same thing. It's a great line from uh, Kenny Chesney's song, um, uh, Boys of Fall, where, you know, it talks about those opportunities to play on Friday night, and you don't get it every Friday night. I mean, Matt Matt can attest to this, but, you know, you get that Friday night feeling when you get married or when your first child's born. You know, you don't get it every Friday night. Once in a lifetime. But I told the kids, absolutely. So, you know, enjoy every one of these moments because it's special. Um, and don't ever be guilty of overlooking the moment. Well, Coach, right now you should tell your uh, your players and all your students and the rest of the uh, the great uh, Golden Eagle fan base out there to go to KHDK.com and vote for Folsom at Del Oro for the Stockton Honda Game of the Week. Hopefully our street team uh, will be able to get out there and watch that game. Should be a fantastic atmosphere. We are certainly going to be paying close attention to it and look forward and, and wish you the best of luck uh, in that game against the Bulldogs. You guys have been working for this all year long. Regardless of the result, uh, you should be more than proud of what this team has put together and you should be proud of yourself and your coaching staff uh, for how well you have done this season. Thank you so much for being such a great guest and friend of Friday Night Football. We look forward to having you back on very soon. Yeah, no, you guys are the best. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Anytime, Coach Walters, anytime. That is Del Oro head coach Jeff Walters joining us, as always, right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Quick break right now when we come back. Zach B's Mark Billingsley joins us next here on Friday Night Football. Football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. 
Final segment of Friday Night Football for you. Week 10 just about to wrap up, except we do have one more game tomorrow. Is Jesuit playing in a uh, division championship on a Saturday night action for you to follow. We'll recap that game and all of Week 11 next week on Friday Night Football, so be sure to join us for that one. Matt George, Charles T. Hamilton with you. Soon to be joined by Mark Billingsley from the uh, – Sacramento B and Mark Billingsley is one of the many fantastic staff uh, at the SAC B that does a, a phenomenal job covering all of the high school programs in this area. It's not just football, either basketball, volleyball, you name it. Uh, they cover it. Uh, but Mark might be a little uh, distraught coming here because I don't know if he catched our conversation with Joe Davidson earlier. But Mark, I hate to break it to you. Uh, Joe may have moved you to second on the list of best friends. Charles D. Hamilton took exception and, and Joe uh I uh, gave a little bit of an air hug and some uh, recon- uh, some recognition uh, to my guy CTH here. So you might be second now on the best friend list, but does that bother you, Mark? You okay? No, it, it probably was as simple as just uh, giving him a, a beer, and, it, and that's all it probably took for, for his allegiance to switch over to whoever <laughs> handed the cold one. Yeah, just a yeah, couple of compliments, and I'm in there. <laughs> 30, 35 years of friendship, uh, you know, best men at the weddings and stuff like that. Just, uh, you know, that's thrown out the window just because somebody has a cold one. <laughs> I understand. So, but what <laughs> is, what is best man at a wedding to constant conversation, pal, once a week on a radio station? Come there you on. Go. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, you got a two hour show and, and, uh, you know, you got to You got to fill it as, as best you can. And so you, you got to start these, Real intimate relationships. I understand, guys. Well, Mark, here, here's the good news. You're you're in the running for my new best friend. You know, now it's now it's between right. you and Joe. <laughs> That's good. That's good. If I would have been paying attention, I would have noticed that the uh, KCK Studios have moved. Uh, they're not no longer on Madison Avenue. <laughs> and uh, you guys could have had a. You guys could have handed me a cold one uh, after the show. But uh, no, I'm I'm at home, nice and tucked in, and uh, uh, looking up, looking over my story online uh, about the, a game that was just uh, just crazy. And I, I heard you yeah. guys talking earlier. Two weeks in a row, I, I witnessed these brawls. I mean, I. I feel like uh, I feel like you know uh, one of the guys from UFC, one of the buffers, you know, get out there, you know, let's get ready to rumble. You know, but it's, it's always it's always at the last seconds of the game that these things are happening to me. The last two weeks, and uh, wow, uh, this one is even uh, a worse brawl than last week. Jeez. Um, but you know, it, it's so sad because it really it really takes away from a great game that came down to kickers again. Um, this time, uh, a successful kick. Last week, uh, the uh, uh, the female kicker from Grant, unfortunately, hits the upright, and and uh, and Del Oro goes on to win, escaped with the with a victory. And this the, this time, um, Del Campo, their sophomore kicker, uh, Max Preps, and, and Del Campo hadn't updated their uh, their roster, unfortunately. So I kept naming them the guy who I thought was the kicker, the only kicker on the uh, on the uh, uh, the roster, but the the numbers didn't match up. I was frustrated. Anyways, the guy's name is Will Tudor. He was brought up uh, as a sophomore two, just two weeks ago um, and talking to the coach, uh, Aaron Goldfried, he, he mentioned that he, he noticed the kid in, in JV practice. He looked over and the kid's booming kickoffs into the end zone. He's also a quarterback, so it's always nice to have a little depth on your, on your, uh, your team at the, the quarterback position. So he brings them up. Two weeks later, he kicks a game-winning field goal that keeps their playoff hopes, slim playoff hopes, alive. Uh, just a, a fantastic story. And, you know, if it wasn't for the, the brawl, uh, that would have been just a, a beautiful story. It is a beautiful story, but unfortunately it was marred by the brawl. 
Well, Mark, we're going to talk more in depth about this game specifically, but we got to get the elephant out of the way. So Joe said that it must be your fault because two weeks in a row and you you are seemingly right at the center of it. Uh, so I don't know how involved you were, but can you walk us through really what sparked this incident, what took place, uh, and uh, everything that if you weren't at the game, everything you would need to know about it? Well, with roughly 30 seconds left, uh, Christian Brothers scores to take the lead. Uh, 28-27, because earlier this Tudor kid had his uh, his, his uh, PAT blocked. Uh, so it was 27-21. Uh, Christian Brothers just started airing it out. Great drive. They ended up scoring a six-yard pass play. But on that play, the entire left-hand side of the Christian Brothers uh, line lifts up before the ball's even snapped. I mean, an, uh, just a, a blatant, obvious call. I, I couldn't believe there was no call, no flag. No flag dropped at all, I, I, I would think. I, I don't know. I didn't necessarily notice it, so therefore I couldn't report it. But I would think that if, if I'm a defender and I see everybody rise up, you know, I'm going to try to do the same. I'm going to be on my heels, and the guy who rolls out throws a, throws a six-yard touchdown for, the, for the, uh, uh, the lead with 30 seconds left, you know, and that was crazy. And the coaches from uh, Del Campo kind of were running on the field, their arms out going, what the heck just happened? Why didn't you see that? So the ensuing kickoff, uh, uh, defensive holding call, keeps the drive alive, uh, some nice pass plays on Del Campo's side, and then they set up for a 35-yarder with like two seconds left. Um, the kick is uh, – the kicker, uh, Tudor, gets this blast in, you know, roughing the kicker. They move the ball up to uh, – well, it ended up being a 21-yarder, uh, and he, he splits the uprights on that one, and they end up winning with no time remaining. So you, you go from – just crazy no call to what I'm sure Christian Brothers thinks of what probably wasn't roughing to, uh, you know, I even asked uh, Goldfried after the game, I said, did the kid take a flop, you know? And he said, that, no, the kid doesn't know how to flop. <laughs> he said he got cleaned up. So, uh, you know, it, was, uh, it, it could have gone either way, in my opinion. I don't think Tudor got, you know, totally cream, but, uh, you know, I'm not, a, not an official, and, and that's not my job to report on whether or not it was a – uh, you know, uh, the call or not. But it was obvious on the, on the, the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the calls are so obvious when the entire left-hand side lifts up as if they're already in pass block uh, and there's no call. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Definitely. Uh, Mark, senior running back Levi Markey for, uh, yeah. Yeah, Levi Markey for Del Campo has had an incredible year, incredible last couple of weeks. I think it's, what, almost 700 yards in the last two games. How was he tonight? Uh, 282, Whew. 33 carries. Four touchdowns of six, four, forty-one, and two. Wow! This is a guy that uh, I asked him. I said, "Did he have runs of? Uh, I think he had a fifty-four-yard run and a forty-five-yard run in the second, uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, to set up uh, well the fifty-four-yarder and installed, but the, the forty-five-yarder kind of started that uh, uh, that last drive that he scored the two-yarder." Um, and, you know, he, he was gassed after the game, but he's in phenomenal shape. And this, this guy is one of the best runners in the, in the league, in ter- or certainly in the league, but in the area. Um, he's, he's about six six foot, uh, 220 of just solid muscle. He's granite. This is a guy last year as a junior. Uh, he, he wanted to play rugby, but he also was a wrestler. He's been a wrestler all his life. So he doesn't – he goes to a very few meets. He doesn't practice with the Del Campo wrestling team. He ends up qualifying for the subsections and sections in wrestling, goes to the state finals, and then actually finishes seventh. This is a kid Man. that's wrestling in 285. He didn't want to wrestle. His best friend as a senior back then, back last year, Jacob Ray, 
he was wrestling two twenties, which used to be heavyweights, by the way. But anyways, <laughs> he didn't want he didn't want to you know kind of go head to head and try to. So he said, "You're a senior. You wrestle two twenties. I'll go ahead and wrestle two eighty five, even though I'm like two fifteen, two twenty max." So he he was giving up. 50, 60 pounds almost every match, and he was he was pinning people left and right. Finished seventh in the state as a junior in wrestling, and didn't go to practice. He was always on bed rugby. So here's a guy that's just a phenomenal athlete, just strong as an ox, and uh, it's fun to watch him run. You know, he's yeah. he's not a guy that's going to be, you know, sweep left, sweep right, student body right, student body left. No, he's he's going right between the guards and the uh, and the uh, the centers. I mean, he's just going to go right up the middle. And after a while, it's just it, it, it's got it really really tough on linebackers and safeties to come up and try to smack him because he loves the contact. He'll he'll seek out the contact. He's one of those runners that you know he could try to avoid you, uh, you know maybe a stiff arm or something. But yeah, you know he doesn't really do much stiff arming. He, he lets his, his entire body be a stiff arm. <laughs> As know? a uh, former rugby player myself, I can confirm this kid loves contact. I, oh, I, I'm with yeah. you. I, I watch some of his clips on on social media and stuff. He looks every pound of 220 230 whatever it is uh like I, i've yeah. been blown away by him he looks incredible well he should be getting three point uh three point takedowns and, and, and pins <laughs> or two point takedowns and pins on on guys because you know he just smacks these linebackers they flop on the <laughs> ground if he landed on it it wouldn't be a pin you know the, the official out there tapping down on the turf you know that's yeah. how, how he's smacking people yeah. he's a, a just a phenomenal athlete and, and uh the coaches quoted in his story is, is you know gold gold uh, free was quoted saying you know this guy has every reason to be a jerk you know he's so good <laughs> so, so it's such a stub he's not he's pretty pretty low-key kids love him and you know they, they look at him as that kind of that warrior mentality he goes out there and just flattens people and that gets you inspired as well so uh kudos to to uh to levi markey one of the one of the best uh certainly that i've seen this season and many seasons Mark, you mentioned back-to-back weeks of games that really came down to the, the, the game was put in the hands or really in the foot of kickers. Uh, and I, I'm curious because high school or kickers in high school are always so so hit and miss. Uh, but we as as football fans in general, when you look at the college level and into the pros, we take advantage of kickers expecting uh, expecting them to hit every time, whether it's a uh, PAT or it's a 55 yeah. yarder against the wind. Uh, how much do we take kickers for granted? And then when you do have a, a, a kicker at the high school level that that shows that promise to be all the way up to a, a pro level, how much of an advantage is that for a program? Oh, it's huge because then you start playing more for for field position, even more than you already do. And you, you know, you start thinking, well, another seven, eight yards, and we're in field goal range, as opposed to holy smokes, you know, it's fourth and seven. I'm at the, I'm at their thirty-five. Uh, I better go for it, you know, or twenty-five. I better go for it. Um, you know, if you got a guy that has a, a girl, because we're talking about uh, Grant's girl, who's who's got a pretty good leg because she's a, a, a excellent soccer player. But you know, you, you start thinking about okay, I just need this this much, and now we're we're going to get three, whereas we have to kind of hope that we can get a first down and keep a drive alive for a touchdown. Uh, so that's that's huge, and and that really changes uh, everything about your play calling and 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 how you feel on your your offensive schemes and how you match up. And also, you got to keep in mind if they can do that on kickoff too. Once again, on special teams, it's a third of a game. I think you talk about people not really thinking much about kickers. I don't think a lot of people really think that much about special teams. It's one third of the ball game. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you're talking to the Del Oro coach. He's he's got an incredible special team, and they put a lot of time and effort into that, and it serves them very well. Uh, so if you got a kicker that can that can either put it in the end zone or deep 
you know, on the goal line and force those guys to run out. Then you got guys pinned back on their, their you know, their five and ten yard line as opposed to being brought out to the twenty five. So uh, that's huge as well. Yeah, kicking game. You got a kicker in high school, especially. That's a huge advantage. Well, Mark, we appreciate you taking the time. I apologize about the uh, the the mix up of addresses, but we would love to have you in studio either next week or have you uh, on back on very very soon because there's an extended conversation that I want to have with you in the very near future uh, about player interactions and player. Uh, I'm sorry, parent interactions. Uh, and them almost imposing themselves into games or making themselves more of a part of a game uh, than they really should be because I think that's a major spar- uh, part of high school sports. We brought that up and discussed it a little bit last week, uh, but I wanted to have that conversation with you. Plus, so many great matchups uh, next week and week 11. We'll definitely have to have you back on next week if you would be willing. Thank you so much for uh, for running an audible with us here tonight uh, and taking the time to join us. You bet. You guys owe me an adult beverage. Absolutely, we do. We'll, we'll get you two, one from each of us, and then maybe uh, Joe won't be our best friend anymore. We'll have to wait and see. But thank you so much to Mr. Mark Billingsley from the Sacramento Bee. Also, thank you to Joe Davidson from earlier. Thank you to Plaza Radio's Dave Rosenthal, to Delora head coach Jeff Walters. So many great guests and more coming for you next week for another week of Friday Night Football. <gasps> That is the Barking Charles D. Hamilton. My name is Matt George. Thank you for another fantastic week here on KHDK. Have yourself a great and safe weekend. Keep an eye out for that final score and all the action from Jesuits uh, championship game happening next or excuse me, happening tomorrow. We'll have all of the uh, recap for that for you next week, as well as all of the news from this Folsom Del Oro game and so much more. Go to KHDK.com right now and vote on the Stockton Honda game of the week. If you don't, what is wrong with you? Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Friday Night Football for my partner, CTH. My name is Matt George. Uh, You've been listening to Friday Night Football brought to you by Wingstop right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.